Welcome to Lent Life Job, where we are discussing week one, The Accuser. Today, Aaron and I are joined by Pete Newman again. How are we all doing? Very good. Well, most okay. of us are doing good. Okay, except for Aaron. That's, that's what yeah. you say, though. When you, when you call me sometimes, you're always like, how are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes I worry when you call. I don't know why. Oh, really? Yeah. No, no, it's my wife calls you, and she says, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> Uh, we were discussing the accuser today, so Aaron, would you mind giving us a brief recap? Okay, so today we're starting our Job journey, and really the whole, each week is about Job, and so this week we're talking more about the accuser, uh, Satan, and that sounds very weird to modern hearers, like talking about the devil, because when we think of movies, you know, we think of like, oh, the devil, and he's throwing people around the room, and they're spitting green goo and stuff like that. In the scriptures, that's not what the devil does. What, in Scripture, what the devil does is he is the accuser. He accuses us before God and says, God, see, your people are stupid, they're dumb, and just accuses us of all our sin. And also he accuses us in our own hearts. And this is why it's important for us to understand what Jesus does as our advocate. Because Jesus says, you know, we, we don't get to deny our sin, but he died for it for us. And so no matter what comes our way, no matter what comes into our lives, we have our advocate with the Father who loves us and draws us to himself. So our sadness, our despair, our pain, whatever we go through, is something that's meant to draw us back to the goodness of God. In the in our Handy Dandy Journey Guide, um, each day we're, we have a space for people to journal. So I wanted to start with the question there. But what has God done or is doing in your life? I, I think throughout the course of my life that... God shows me how much more I grow during the hard suffering times than I do during the easy times. I, I long for the easy times. I love the easy times. But so often when, I, when I've got when things are going really well and everything's firing just right, I'm thinking, okay, here we go. What's going to happen? Not because I think the shoe's going to drop, but because I think in those places I cease to learn as much as I do in other places. And I think God wants to grow me into places of holiness and righteousness. And I typically don't grow in those ways unless there's something difficult. When I look at Job's life and things that goes on with him, I think that's true also. The, you know, things got really hard, but you look at the back end of what happened, which we'll get there in eight weeks. And, you know, you see the difference in who he is and how he even sees the entire world. So I would say the same thing. I would say that when things are tough, it's almost easier. I mean, it's easier. So we, the last time I was here, right, we talked about um, shipwrecks. Yeah. And... So when we have a shipwreck, we are, I'm praying with Michelle and we're talking about stuff and I'm praying with the kids. And now here we are five months, four months after the shipwreck and we're not, we're just back to where you were doing what we were doing. It's so interesting how it's easy just to fall back into that, right? Yeah. And it's, and it, it's like not that, not thinking that you want the suffering or the pain or crazy things to happen, but sometimes you almost crave it because of what it brings about in you. Right. And if we could just develop that rhythm of just doing that normally every day and not having to have all of that, that'd be so great. <laughs> yeah. So going to the question you had in the middle, and then we're going to jump to the question at the end. Uh, what questions have you had for God over the past year through COVID, through presidential election, president, through all, this all of it? I, I listen to these different podcasts from people who talk about how social media just manipulates people and how it, because of the algorithms it uses, it pushes people to the edges. 
and doesn't bring people together. Like we think it, oh, it brings me together because I'm talking. But no, the way the algorithms work is it starts populating your feeds with things that feed into your narcissism, basically, and it pushes us to the edges and doesn't bring us together. And I, you know, I have these questions for God right now as we go through all this stuff that look at how crazy our society is becoming. What is actually going to happen if this continues? And it, I, mean, I don't know the answers to it, but that's one of the questions I've asked God during this time is, is I know you're doing something, you know, but what is it? And it's almost like you give men free reign in their sin and we just go crazy. We do. Have you questioned God's goodness in, in that and what he's, what's happening, what's really where we're go-headed in the future? Well, with the other question you asked, you know, what, what is God teaching me or showing me? I don't know if I'm in a place where I ever question God's goodness anymore because I think that God is always good. I question my interpretation <laughs> of that goodness. Yeah. Okay, I know you're good. This is stupid. Uh, I'm going to trust that you're good. So I, I question my interpretation of what comes at me. I think sometimes, like, let's say you have a, there's a family discussion and an argument. And sometimes it's best to stand, like, to stand outside. So I'm going to stand over here, way up here, and I'm going to try to look down mm-hmm. at Aaron and Marianne and see it from the outside. They, they can't seem to reconcile what they're talking about but does it look different from the outside so maybe Aaron you do that but if you looked at it right now and we talked about it I can't stand this code I'm done Mm -hmm. okay but from God's perspective if you looked at like uh, abortion Mm -hmm. I mean oh let's just go all the topics now no 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 no. but now you're God and it's like so 400,000 people have died of COVID I mean 800,000 babies got aborted that's in the U.S. Mm-hmm. in the same period of time. Mm-hmm. And we won't lose a week of sleep about it. Mm-hmm. And, and I know he doesn't lose a week of sleep. But if he lost a week of sleep, what's he losing the week of sleep about? Mm-hmm. I mean, 50 million kids got aborted last year worldwide. And two and a half million people died of, of COVID. But it's like, and, and I'm, I'm just picking on one thing. I mean, I don't know what else is out there. But um, maybe, that's, maybe that's a big one that's out there. But from his perspective... I mean, does he look at us and wonder, like, what's he's got to wonder what's wrong with us? Like, what's what are you people doing? I mean, there's gosh, there's lots of stuff going on right now, and you just you're all worried about this one thing. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be, but um, it, it might look different from his perspective. And that's what Job's saying, right? I mean, that's what that's his lecture at the end of the thing to Job. You know, when he puts Job over there and asks Job, "Hey, answer me these questions." Job can't answer a question. Right. Hashtag spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. no. But, that's, but that is really what God does. God resets Job's perspective by the end of the book. And I, I worry about what it's going to take for God to reset our perspective. You know, what is going to happen to us for us to become a people who are repentant and humble and really see what God wants to do in the world? I mean, are, are we going to destroy ourselves? Maybe that's what happens. Yeah. I mean, I don't want it to happen, but maybe that's what so what in your life have you lost, and how did you respond? Did you trust God in it, or did you, is your tendency to turn to other things? And, and because, did you ask that question up there? That was question number one, right? That was a, at that the was a very last one. Yeah, okay, so, and it, so i, I got to think about that. And I haven't really lost a lot. But I, so the biggest loss I had was my divorce, when I got a divorce. That was like the biggest thing that you were just like, you spend days just 
how could this have happened to me kind of deal, right? Um, do you think what's wrong with me that this happened to me, or do you? Yeah, what could what could I have done? What's wrong with her? <laughs> yeah, no, you wonder like what could you have done different? So it was a situation where you ne- never would have thought you would have been there, mm-hmm. never, and I wouldn't have ever been there. That's the most devastating thing that ever happened to me, and that's probably nothing like you know losing a kid or anything like that. But to me, that was that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. That was that was the better part of a year of my life of not functioning like a person should function. So when Marianne and I, you know, when we first got married, you know, 22 years old, and I get this job in Iowa working for the guy who led me to know who Christ is. And right. so he, he offered me a job. And so we went and took this job, and there are all these promises that are made. Well, oh, we're going to get your wife a job at this school because she was a teacher, and you know, you're going to do this. And it, it was pure hell. It was... The, the guy was certifiably nuts, right. and he was manipulating money out of people, and all these different things happened. And I was so disillusioned with what, you know, working for God in ministry was supposed to look like. And, all, and we there's, there's this thing that happened in one point of it, and I drove home from a meeting with my boss, and I told my wife, I said, we need to leave or our reputation is going to be shot. And so she looked for schools to, you know, to, to teach at. She found one in Arizona. We drove 21 hours for an interview, drove 21 hours back, got a 6x12 U-Haul, everything we owned, packed in the back in a truck, and drove to Arizona. Got out. And, and, we, and we got out of there. And you know, later, you know, I, I, when, I, when I started working at, at a different church and doing different things, there, there are always things that come up that it's like, oh, you know, doesn't this person doing this thing caused you to question who God is. And I, and after that, I never questioned who God was and his goodness. Uh, what it did is it made me see that people are fallible and my faith doesn't rest in people. It rests in God. But that was, that's still a hard thing to learn because, you know, this person leads you to know who Christ is. And there's all these things in your life that you really, a lot of things that you understand about who God is come from this person. And yet they totally just screwed you and and your relationship with your wife and it made your life so difficult that you and your wife have difficulties. And on the back side of that, we lived in Arizona. There's this one night I was really frustrated about a bunch of different things because I'm a nut anyway. And I just went for a drive and I ended up on the top of this mesa in Sedona, Arizona, where the, the planes would land. And God just got a hold of me right there. He's like, I'm not a man. You know, I came as Jesus, but I'm not a man, and I'm not like those people, and you can trust me. To, and I kind of just haven't not trusted him since. Not that the crazy things haven't happened, but it's really that whole experience right. that brought me there. Right. The the loss of all of these things. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for you, what what has really strengthened your faith in, in who God is? But I, I think that, you know, when I, when I got, when I got baptized, when Aaron, when Aaron helped baptize me, my little story about Ashley, I don't think since that happened with Ashley, I, I have, tell the story, just briefly. So, so Ashley, my daughter, she was four, she got E. coli and they didn't know what that was back then, right? They, it was like. 
you know, how kids got it. You know, some kids got it in Jack in a Box and they died. So you fly her down to Children's Hospital and the doctors say she's going to die. And um, I was, I could, there's nothing I can do, right? So you're, you're making a deal with God. You know, you're like, hey, I'll do this if you do this. You know, just save my little girl and I'll do this and all these deals. And I'm walking down the street and no, because it's in North Hollywood, right? And there's a, there's this word Gideon on, I see this name Gideon on a piece of paper in the gutter and I walk by it and I stop and then I walk back and I stare at it and I'm thinking Gideon, Gideon, Gideon. And I think back to when I got saved or when I was a kid and the story of Gideon. And to me, he was just this big thing. And at the time I didn't understand it was God. It wasn't Gideon. But to me, it was Gideon when I was a kid. And at that point with Ashley, I just, I felt relaxed. I just, you know what, this is, God's got this under control. Whatever happens, it's there's nothing I'm doing. I'm sitting in the hospital room watching her die. I mean, whether that's good or bad, I can't affect the outcome. There's nothing I can do. There's It's up to him, whatever way it goes. And since then, I don't think I've wavered on that. You know what I mean? There's times when you might you curse him, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's like, I think... He's got it in control. And since then, too, I think, um, I said this last time, I mean, this is all a gift. Anything we have, life's, I mean, COVID's pretty bad. This is pretty good. I mean, this is, it could be, it could be Job. I mean, you got to say you had a little bit worse than we have it, right? But I mean, and it could, it's, we have it pretty good. You know, Job's kids die. And we have this perspective that death is the end of life. Right. Well, but that's not so. Right. For you know, especially for God Himself, and so God, you know, has Job's kids, no matter what. Right. Job does or says in that. So it's a it's a whole different perspective, I think, of understanding that that God is bigger than the finality that we see. That God is the finality. Right. And so we can trust Him with those things. When when a, if a kid happens to die or a loved one dies, it's we need to stop seeing our lives as the the finality of everything and understand that that's that's God. We gotta trust him in that. Right. And you got there's an expiration date for everybody on the planet. Right. You, know, you think back to Noah's flood, right? right. You know, everybody goes, Well God just say today's everybody's day. Let's go. Right, right. He is he is the right and we have to understand and trust that he's good in what he says and does. And that's one of our hopes for this series, uh, going through the book of Job and, and Lent, giving something up that as we uh, deal with the cravings and the, and the desires for that thing, that we we stop and we return to who the truth of who God is, and we look at God first, and we, we pray, and we ask for the Spirit's power to get past those cravings, get past those desires um, that are um, cons- can, can consume us. Uh, and we return and remember God's goodness and that it really strengthens us individually. Um, but us as a church, as we we kind of come hopefully on the other side of COVID uh, and start uh, putting our church life back together uh, and what that looks like. And it unifies us as a body of people. And, um, and yeah, so that's our prayer, that, that we remember God's goodness um, and our faith is strengthened um, in ways that we maybe haven't been before and maybe couldn't imagine. Uh, So with that, 
we're going to leave you with that. Uh, we hope that you have a journey guide. If not, please reach out and you can grab one. Uh, daily questions begin today, Sunday. It's also PDF version. Of it, also PDF version. Um, there are lots of areas to take notes, to journal. Um, yeah, at the end of each week, we're asking people to write a psalm or praise or prayer of lament. Um, and so there's space for that too. So um, my mom was asking too. You know, like, well, where do we where do we put notes in these things? It's like, well, you got a whole journal section. I mean, me, I don't journal. I'm not filling up that journal section. <laughs> so yeah. I got lots of place for notes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so that was a debate: is do we add like two pages? Do we have more pages? And and it's like, well, some people won't fill it up. Some people will, and they can write in a normal. Some people be like, here's the place for a song. So I'm gonna take notes on the sermon. <laughs> yeah. So it's it ideally it's. Yeah, yeah, people. There's freedom. There's freedom. So anyways, uh, we'll see you next week or week two. Who wrote the book? Who put the book together? We did. We did. Uh, you just forgot already? Well, no, no, no. I, there had to be more too because I didn't know if it was going with the message or what we're talking about or so what does God do in your life? Like right now or you mean other, so what is God showing me in the course of my life and who he is and things I've gone through? That's, that's my interpretation of that. Feisty, feisty. Don't get your pizza. Don't get your pizza. God is showing me.